0: Hey there, my name is Luke Simmons. I'm one of the lead pastors in Redemption Church at Redemption Church Gateway, and here with me today are Aaron Daly, who's one of the lead pastors at Redemption Alhambra, and right now actually serving in an interim role at Redemption Peoria, providing some leadership there, and then Neil Pitchell, who leads our central operations and is also a pastor at Redemption Gilbert. We're part of the Redemption executive team, which is kind of a group of of uh, pastors that are trying to provide leadership and and direction for redemption as a whole. Aaron, tell us a little bit, tell everyone watching kind of what that executive team's
1: about. What are we like? I think something that's really powerful and beautiful about redemption is you see plurality everywhere, right? In every congregation, there's elders of plurality, and that goes all the way to every level. And that's what I would think of the executive team is we're kind of functioning in a way of, in a plurality, leading and providing executive function to the whole organization.
0: Yeah, multiple congregations, all of us are kind of player coaches and yeah. that we're on the ground doing ministry and trying to provide big picture leadership. And Neil, you have kind of a unique vantage point in terms of the operations and the finances of redemption. Right. So right. what's that like?
2: Well, it's unusual uh, because although we are multiple congregations, up to nine right now, uh, we're one corporation, we are right. one entity. We have one checking account. So it's managed as if it's a, uh, a single organization with multiple locations.
0: And so the reason we're making this video is we have just some really cool stuff to share with you about just what God has done over this last season. You know, we're about six months now since the pandemic really started. And um, holy smokes, (laughs) (laughs) six months. And it's been challenging for everybody. I imagine everyone watching this is just worn out and tired from it. Um, But I know when it first started— we had some real concerns, probably like everybody, about what's the financial picture gonna look like. And, right. and really the reason we wanna have this conversation is is to celebrate that not only has God provided what we've needed, but he's allowed the the past generosity of redemption yeah. people and the current generosity to allow us to really be generous uh, outside of redemption right. as well. Exactly. And so we just wanna celebrate that. We feel like the people, uh, you watching, you're, you're part of our church, you would love to kind of hear about some of this stuff. So. Um, Maybe take us back to that yeah. early, uh, that part of March. What were you thinking, Neil, as, yeah. as this all started?
2: Sure. Um, actually, as the, uh, as the Jewish bookkeeper, <laughs> uh, I was nervous. Uh, yeah. I uh, immediately went to the idea of how do we cut expenses? Mm-hmm. How do we prepare ourselves for the imminent situation that was coming as businesses were closing, as people were losing their jobs? How could we prepare to be ready to maintain our organization in the midst of all that. So, my first flinch was, how do we cut expenses and be ready? Yeah, button
0: down the hatches.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Try
0: to prepare for what might happen. Uh, we had a situation where we had pretty strong reserves, and uh, you've had a real conservative approach. You call yourself the Jewish bookkeeper. I don't know if we're allowed to call you that or not, <laughs> but uh, you've had a that's very- That's what I am. <laughs> you've had a very conservative approach that's right. put us in a position where we, we felt like we weren't gonna to be totally high and dry, but you right. just didn't know what was gonna happen.
2: Right, and because it's a conservative approach, I, I wanted to make sure that we were responsible. And yeah. even though we had the reserves, uh, we didn't know how long this would last. We didn't yeah. know how badly we'd be impacted. So it was a responsible thing, I yeah. think, to, to focus on the on the expense side, not knowing what was going to happen on the giving yeah. side of it.
0: When one of the things I remember, and maybe Aaron, you can speak to this too, I remember Tyler Johnson, who's mm-hmm. the lead pastor of Redemption, part of our executive team, very early in the process, he just had a burden um, specifically around Matthew 25. Yeah. And if you read Matthew 25, there's the, there's the parable of the talents, followed by Jesus talking about whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And he had a real strong sense, nobody really knew what was it gonna look like, how was it gonna flesh out, but he he had kind of a burden that was saying, I think all of the, the wise stewardship over the years, the investment of the talent, so to speak, is gonna position us to really be in a place to help the least of these. Sure. I remember, and I remember feeling, maybe you did too, like, what's that gonna look like, sure. where is that headed? No one really knew, but we kind of collectively had this sense of, God's gonna use this somehow,
1: yeah, I which is why you know i'm I'm kind of been adopted into this family as redemption, given my life to kind of working in the most poor parts of our city, and where I've really seen Christ in flesh working amongst his people, the poor and marginalized. And when he shared that, Mm. I mean, I know you guys, I started crying in different meetings. I mean, just to see not only a conservative view of of taking care and cutting expenses, but a generous heart Mm. to say, we also have to care for the least, the last, and the lost. It's not just people groups to me, they're people, right? They're faces. It's family. It's family. Yeah. And so to see the way that redemption positioned itself, mm. to not just protect its own, yeah. but to give with such generosity made me mo- many times emotional yeah. and was very thankful to be a part of this family. Yeah.
0: So, Aaron, you just used the word there, conservative, um, and maybe this would be something for you to talk about, Neil. When, when you talk about a conservative approach to money or stewardship, uh, what, what does that mean?
2: Well, it means that we we manage our resources the way we would manage our homes. Mm, That we we spend less than we earn. We're we're careful about making our budgets in the years to follow not greater than what the prior year was. We're we're very careful to be uh, wise stewards and yet still be extremely generous. Right.
0: And so pretty quickly we saw the church respond. I mean, across all the congregations, uh, giving was strong. Um, Across all the congregations, um, all sorts of other initiatives to serve the community and to make a difference uh, really began to pop up. And um, I want to just highlight a few of those before we talk about kind of the, the big picture thing to celebrate. And so here's a list that some of our lead pastors uh, sent me and put together just about the impact that happened in some of the congregations. There's a whole lot more that I'm not including, just to kind of keep it simple. Uh, West Mesa, they assisted families in need from the church whose jobs were affected by the stay-at-home order. A lot of folks in their congregation that that needed some help. Uh, One of the things that we did at Gateway was uh, people sewed and gave over 2,500 cloth masks uh, to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, This was back when you couldn't get masks. And uh, maybe you remember those days. Um, <laughs> so long uh, ago. <laughs> yeah. at, Ar- at Arcadia, um, there were lots of meals and volunteer mentors for alongside ministries. That's a prison ministry that they've right. been connected to, and they did a bunch there. At Redemption Tempe, they donated hand sanitizer to fully equip the city of Tempe's emergency COVID homeless shelter. You may remember some of those stories wow. of just yeah. how, how much concern there was about COVID among the homeless population, and right. so they did some stuff moving in there. At Redemption Tucson, they meet at a school called Safford School. And uh, they did a bunch of physical and financial support of the teachers and the families from mm-hmm. that school there um, At Alhambra uh, one of the things you guys did is provided just community food boxes yep. for families in need yep. And uh, you had folks really take advantage of that at Gilbert Um, locking arms with a Title I school that a lot of ministry happens with Gilbert at Willis Junior High to provide meals for those kids and those families, Um, partnering with local restaurants actually to kind of help help make that happen. Uh, Peoria helped another 20 families uh, raised and spent about $10,000 just to help families that were in need. Um, And then I love some of these stories from Flagstaff. I actually included two from Flag because, um, you know, you may remember Flagstaff being close to the reservations, there was a kind of epicenter moment Uh, as it related to COVID, and they just did some really cool things. With some of their partners, they provided food and supplies every two weeks to 12 Navajo and Hopi communities. And that totaled, between what Flagstaff did and then the partnerships they forged, about $165,000 in financial and in-kind donations. And then the other thing they did, and this is cool, is they, they they collected together a bunch of other churches in the community and took part in nightly prayer and worship gatherings yeah. at the Flagstaff Medical Center for 72 consecutive nights. And,
2: Amazing. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like
0: that's just... And, and what's cool is that's just... That's just a fraction. I don't know how exciting it would be on a video if I just read the whole list, um, but uh, but really, really cool. And then as we just continued to see the overall general giving, generosity just pour in, um, we started to also hear some stories from people who, in churches that weren't experiencing that right. same level of provision. Yeah. Talk about some of the what we started hearing.
1: So one of the things that we have positioned ourselves to do as a team is not just wait for people to come beg us for something, but to see needs mm-hmm. and to try to meet them. Yeah. And when we had that kind of resources, and we were talking as an executive team, you guys kind of said, Aaron, you know, you know these people, right? And they're not just um, people to me, they're their family. Yeah. I know their hearts, their doctrine, their lives, crossed you know, the world, really, in the Philippines, and New York, and California. Yeah. The places that have been hit the hardest are uh, impoverished communities, mm-hmm. predominantly minority, black and brown leaders, who are planting churches in those places, and that, I mean, it's just documented that yeah. they are the ones that are having the hardest time getting mm-hmm. help yeah. Yeah. in this time.
2: And they were the ones that were hit the hardest by they, COVID. Yep,
1: yeah. hit the hardest and the hardest time getting help. And so we just, went to action, not waiting for them to beg for it. Yeah. We just started seeing our family, people who are close to us, yeah. and just saying, how could we help? And then we put a list together. Well, and and it, it actually started with a church that was really hard hit in oh, the Bronx. Massively.
0: Yeah, so yeah. maybe, maybe. Talk a little bit about. I mean, about a that brother of, of
1: mine, his name is Michael. He works with Redeemer City to City. He's a part of the team there, planted a church right in the inner city, uh, came out of Teens Challenge, has an incredible testimony, planted a church mm-hmm. of just all inner city folks. They got hit really hard in New York but mostly hit in those neighborhoods and lost over 70% of their income. And Quite so- Quite a few people even passed away from And many were passed away. I mean, yeah. children and, and just, and we, I was on a phone call with him and he said, I just can't breathe. Mm. Right. So I went to you guys and told what was happening. And I remember that meeting specifically, right? I was telling you and we decided to help them a half a million dollars of all the <laughs> things that are
2: I gotta tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when they said a half a million dollars, I said, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, wasn't that's expecting a lot of it. money.
1: I was not expecting it, and I don't think they were. But I remember Luke sitting there and I couldn't talk. I was just crying because it wasn't just, I didn't come up with the number. We felt the spirit of God moving in that Forward. midst. And you said, yeah. why are you crying? Yeah. And, and I just, mm. I couldn't talk. I just, because I know what that's going to do. They've never even heard that number yeah. mentioned in a gift. But to say, we're not gonna just make sure you make it through this time, mm. your family. And when we told them that, they had the same reaction. They just broke down and cried with no, you know, people don't give that way, Yeah. but it it does feel a lot like how God gives mm. to us.
0: When I remember how we did it was, we kind of figured, you know, about 250,000 of that would yeah. help cover their church yeah. through the year. Absolutely. And then we said, you know what, here's another 250,000, you're connected with other churches in your community Absolutely. that we'll never be connected with. Why don't you figure out how to distribute that? And that kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, to where we started going, you know what, based on how faithful God has been through his people in the past and now, we really are positioned now, kind of in that Matthew 25 way, to give a lot away. And uh, there's actually a video that, uh, that, Neil, that you've put together that kind of gives a little bit of a rationale for, like, why would you give away so much money? And there's really a strong biblical case for it.
2: Old Testament, by the way. Yeah, Yeah. of
0: course. That's that's perfect. Um, But talk a a little bit, maybe, Neil, about um, just uh, both of you guys. Just where did we start to give that money? Where did it go? Um, Not every place, because it went to Yeah, a lot of
2: different things. But probably the hardest place uh, for me to feel comfortable with was uh, giving it to the Bronx, New York, where the Yankees (laughs) play. Right, right. Being a a Red Sox fan. That was painful, but, yeah. uh, but I think when
0: we talked to Michael, he said he would wear a red. Sox I told him. Well, in did, fact, I said, "Yeah, I said <laughs> if
2: I if I send you this check, I need you to wear a Red Sox yeah. hat." He said, "If you send that check, I'll wear an entire uh, Red Sox uniform, uniform exactly. at exactly. Yankee Stadium." Exactly. Yeah, I said, "Okay, <laughs> that's a deal." Uh, but you know, as Aaron said, he has the connections, and he brought to us a list of uh, of inner city. Uh, ministries, churches that were struggling in in this situation because of the the impact that they had on their giving, and and we just took a look at that list and and said, okay, how do we respond? Yeah. What is their need? What can we do? And, uh, and and we just went for it, and it was uh, it was really exciting. Yeah. Uh, and incredible.
0: R- well, some of it some of it local. We I mean, had yeah. quite a few yes. Phoenix relationship churches and yeah. ministries. Some of it more national.
1: Some of it even international. Yeah. There's a church in uh, Kuwait, Philippines called Life Connection Church Network. um, And just, they got hit really hard. I mean, in the global church, it was, the lockdowns looked different. I mean, they were, they could not engage. Online giving is not an option across Mm -hmm. the world in some places and just got hit massively. And so we were able to give them a chunk of money. California got hit big time. Uh, I mean, you're talking about people who felt it differently than we did. And we just felt a a burden really and and an unction from
2: the spirit to say we've got to do something to help. And and I want to thank you, Redemption Church, uh, for your generosity. Without your commitment to the Lord Mm. in your giving to the church, we couldn't have done these things. We couldn't have been blessed as we were to be a blessing. So we want to say thank you It wasn't just our our conservative management of the resources over the years. It is your generosity. Thank you again for making this happen.
0: Yeah, we're just deeply appreciative. And so we wanted to be able to celebrate with you uh, that because of God's faithfulness to you and your faithfulness to the ministry, uh, we've actually been able to give away over a million and a half dollars uh, to Bible-based, uh, gospel-driven ministries that are um, committed to seeing God at work, that mm-hmm. we're in under-resourced places, that got hit hard, and uh, we don't feel like we're done. Yeah. Uh, the year's not over. and. Um, this continues to be just a remarkably generous church, and we're deeply thankful. And so uh, thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your heart, and uh, we love you a lot.